What's going on, Stephen? How are you doing, man? I am fine. I am in travel, so travel mode, so forgive me. All good, brother. I won't keep you for too long and uh, obviously want to get into this amazing Atlantic Years box set that we got coming out. And, of course, the great albums, but I always like looking at all the extra stuff you get in there. The bumper sticker, the backstage pass, the guitar pick, the wanted poster, all that cool stuff. And a really cool uh, replica, tour book replica that you created. And it had some exclusive photos in there, too. Yeah, isn't that cool? You know, well, it's our first, you know, a real box set, so to speak. And, and ironically, it's the 40-year anniversary of Rat and Roll, 83-2003, next year for the seller. But it's very important. I love it. I, I, I just love the fact that timing was right. We wanted to give you everything. Even the guys all got together and, you know, put their egos aside for a minute <laughs> to give them, you know, photos <laughs> with their egos in it. They're all good. I love it, man. And a couple of things I wanted to touch on, touch on the albums along the way. And really interesting to learn that, uh, you know, four out of the five albums all done with Bo Hill. And it wasn't even supposed to be Bo Hill to begin with. It was all supposed to be done by Tom alum to begin with, right? Well, yeah, you know, when you, you're lucky enough to get your first record deal and the, 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 the idea of a producer pops in your head you're you know you're looking at albums you know our favorite guys were judas priest robin and i and and so we figured yeah what the hell but it didn't turn out that way and thank god for that <laughs> um, in order to, to get the deal done the the rumor is uh Bo hill was enlisted whether we liked it or not and as far as i'm concerned it didn't matter to me robin and i were happy for just to have a uh, our music on plastic you know <laughs> final yeah. just to have that finally have that record deal and you know a lot of those tunes on the on the first down out of the cellar came from off the ep and stuff so was it really the the second album where it's kind of challenging starting from from ground zero when it came to invasion of your privacy you know you're Possibly, you're correct. Yeah, but we went into pre-production for that. We were on the road extensively, so we, I believe, did take time off. And <laughs> but you're right. Even a song like "In Your Direction" was a song I wrote for Mickey Rat in the late '70s. You know, but you give him everything you got for that first record. And as Robin pulled out of a song from one of his older band, his you know band too. And but invasion, you're correct. Yeah, we went in there with a couple songs that were, you know, not leftovers and pretty much all new stuff. They always say the second one's the hardest one because you got your whole life to write the first one and then that second one. But he get it got even bigger on the second album for you guys. Yeah, well, we were fortunate. You know, you hear about the sophomore jinx. Yeah, and you know the way we thought. The way we, we thought and back then was we really didn't give a shit, you know, making <laughs> records, man, just keep it going, get on the road, you know, see the people. We were a live band first and foremost, so it really helped, uh, you know, doing the road work we did and then going into Invasion, actually. We were tuned up. I mean, Warren was tip top. Yeah. You know, and, and speaking of the albums and producers and stuff, interesting that, like I said, Bo did the first four out of the five. And then for Detonator, you bring in Desmond Child. 
And one of the things I always loved about Rat, especially for that time period, never played the power ballad card. There was never that classic rat power ballad that all the other bands of that era had the home sweet homes and you guys never had that it was just rat and roll the whole way through but i'm curious was the idea to start going in that direction once you brought desmond child on board was that kind of the plan is to get one of those with the detonator album no no not necessarily i remember the writing that song with desmond and diane and diane had asked me um what has it you have never done on record? And I'm like, thinking, what? And then I went, oh, okay, giving myself away. She went, there's your song. And that's how, really, that song came about. It was, oh, we need a fucking power ballad. You know, back in the day when it was groovy to do, we never wanted to do it. But I'll take that back because Robin and I, I just sent to Katie over there at Access, uh, uh, the song with the title heart and we did with the song closer to my heart i mean mm. if that's not a ballad what is you know <laughs> i mean do, do we got a weep for you or something you know, they, you know. but we it gave it to you on a little bit but it didn't have that success that those other ones did at those times and you got, we were still writing hits and having success you didn't need to play that card was my point no, and we tried to steer away from, you know, anything that was like a fad or in fashion. You know, you got to do a ballad. You got to, you know, do a, do this. You got to do that. Eventually, you know, there was a plus and minus to that. But you know what? We knew what we wanted and we stayed stuck to our guns, you know. I love it. And, and you know, along the way, I started incorporating different things, maybe not power ballads, but some keys in some songs here and there. And even even like a little bit of sax in, in uh, you know, Love and Use a Dirty Job and stuff like that, which is cool to kind of hear the sound grow. Yeah, right. Well, I think Rat actually is one of the only bands from that era that could get away with, <laughs> you know, Throwing down horns. I mean, think about it. Seriously, you're not going to hear our peers Motley doing that. I tried, or or Wasp, or you know, right. Great White, or <laughs> you know, maybe Great White could get away with it, but but we could, and and that was one, you know, you know, not formulated, but we could we could really pretty much do anything, or at least try, and not be that ridicule, you know, no. from stepping outside of the heavy metal eighties box, you know. No, not at all. You know, one other thing about uh, Detonator, uh, heads I win, tails, tails you lose. During the chorus, there's another, there's another vocal in there besides you on that chorus. It, it, is, that, is that John Bon Jovi? That's Mr. John Bon Jovi. Yeah, uh-huh. Johnny came in. Uh, that was weird how he came in. You know, I, I, Desmond, obviously, because Desmond was writing a bunch of stuff. Um, for Bon Jovi at the time, you know. right? So he probably just hit him up and said, "Hey," and John's like, "Well, you know, I don't see why he wouldn't." <laughs> but it was actually it was actually cool, you know, because he opened up for us, you know, and, and Arcade opened up for him later on. I mean, it was all cool, you know. So you had a relationship with him, but it was actually Desmond that kind of called him in for that one. Yeah, it was really cool. It's a win. This part, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, that ain't Steven singing that for sure. That's a, that's a different tone to that voice for sure. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> anyway, it was Johnny Bongio. 
The other thing I love about uh, some of the rat songs and looking over the career, a lot of my favorite tunes happen to have been on movie soundtracks. Something I think has kind of gone away, but you guys had some good success with that. Nobody rides for free in Point Break and then uh, Body Talk in The Golden Child. You are correct. Yeah, I brought this up earlier in Cobra Kai recently and uh, the, the Geico and the, yeah. the Zamboni and the Boney I did and uh, for a dollar cent in my butt over there. Um, Chuck Brennan and, uh, you know, yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's, it's not as much as luck as like, Hey, if they ask you or you want to do that kind of stuff, which I like, you know, but it's way cool. You know, even the, the, the Cobra Kai, the karate stuff and all that, which is great. It just widens the audience, you know? Yeah. It brings a lot of eyeballs to the, to the music that might not have been there in the first place. Yeah, and the single, uh, Nobody Rides, we put in the uh, uh, box set, so it's kind of groovy. Yeah, seven-inch single. That's It's not not too uh, not seen too often, so that's another cool exclusive that the box set has. And, dude, I got to say, I've been loving the uh, the adventures, all the, the videos you've been posting on YouTube, like the Monsters of Rock Cruise adventures, a day off a tour and uh, stuff like that. But tell, talk to well, me about the Monsters of Rock Cruise. How fun was that for you? You get to connect with old friends? Guys like Chris Hall, you know, were we were all the forerunners in, in the Hollywood the Sunset Strip experience to see him and you know like slows photographers and people it, it was really cool really really good we had a good time and you know whoops and you know um, we we are you know with the Sunset Strip experience embracing the the eighties you know what what we had a big indelible mark in rat. Uh, with Motley, Wasp, Great White, uh, even Striper as Rock's Regime. I mean, there were only a handful of guys that really kicked off that whole scene, you know, in the early 80s. Uh, but, yeah, we're, we embrace that. Christian Dare, who handles the business and the publicity and promotion, doing a great job uh, sharing it. Because, I mean, look, it was fun, dangerous, exciting, and, and you know, we'll bring some of that back is what we're doing. I love it, man. And nothing better, though, I don't think, than me watching Bear watch you play guitar. Like, that video, that home <laughs> right. video, that was so awesome. Well, God, I mean, look, <laughs> right now we're traveling, and we make a pit stop, and lo and behold, there's this guy playing a 12-string. He's got his 60s amp guitar, and we're sitting there. We filmed it, so I'm sure you'll see. <laughs> you know, we love that. Love that. It's great. It's it's really the behind the music. You're so used to seeing all the videos and stuff, and you know what you're going to get there, but it's kind of nice to just see a, a day in the life of, of Stephen Piercy, you know, yeah. at home and well, that kind of thing. You got it, man. That's why we created Day in the Life, pal, to, you know, to share the experience. It's not what all it's made out to be, you know. You just don't hop in a private jet and you're <laughs> on your way. Every now and then, but, you know. But uh, looking ahead past the Atlantic Years box set, and you t- tooling around yeah. on a guitar. Are we working on new solo material? Going to go into the Rad Archive some more? What's the plan moving forward? Well, moving forward is to embrace this, um, excuse me, um, the uh, Sunset Strip experience. And, you know, I'm out on the road. Hang on. I got something here. And, um, you know, Support the new box set. Hey, it's 40 years celebrating rat and roll. Um, I'm out there doing my thing, and that's where it's going to stand. So, you know, the new records are coming. Legacy is on its way. Okay. And uh, my sixth solo record, well, eventually will rear its head. 
too much groovy stuff. Love it. We, we actually have to slow things down. You know. <laughs> the one to flood the market. One thing at a time. Yeah. Last thing I wanted to hit you with, Stephen. We're old school radio station. We're Inland Empire. You were in Hollywood before that, San Diego. Inland Empire is kind of right in between the two of those. Any stories or memories come up of any early rat and roll days in the Inland Empire? Well, yeah. You know, back then, we would play anywhere, any place, anytime. And we kind of stayed true to that, you know, until it was like, hey, you guys are really going on a tour in <laughs> 1984 with the seller, you know. Sure. Otherwise, but doing festivals, doing our own gigs, you know, back in the day and, and uh, see, seeing what transpires. All you can do is put the hook out there. Hey, this man called Rats playing up in the hills <laughs> in my empire, you know. Okay. Next thing you know, there's thousands of fucking people out there. So it's been all good. Love it, man. Love it. Well, and I know you were just in the Canyon Montclair a few months back in March, so hopefully we'll get to see you out there again maybe next year. Yeah, soon enough. Maybe this year. Who knows? I mean, we're about how long this nonsense is going to go on. We'll see. You know, there's other good things in the works, like a residency and a concert series having to do with the experience. And uh, we're happy to bring it to you guys. Love it, man. Appreciate the time, Stephen. Thanks so much, and uh, best of luck with the box set, and can't wait for the new music. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much. Rad and roll. Thanks. Cheers. Bye-bye. Cheers, brother. Dude, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire interview. Now just hit subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, Radioactive Mike Z. My interviews in their entirety, available on all the major platforms. Tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to right now. Just hit the subscribe button. Make sure to give me a follow on the socials as well. I'll follow you back at Mike Z 967 And bro, don't miss the radio show. Now 10 p.m to midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks in the Southern California Inland Empire area, Riverside, San Bernardino County. Always streaming on live at kcalfm.com. You, my friend, absolutely rock.